Hello, fans. This is Steve talking, and we are back on the tracks from across the tracks. It's been a minute since we've uh, been on this broadcast because uh, we've been busy and we haven't had a chance to uh, really get back into now. But I'm glad that we're back and we have some interesting topics to uh, uh, bring your way tonight. And we'll continue to do that as long as um, we say it the way we say it. How about yourself, sir? Absolutely, man. This is Wayne. Glad to be back. And yeah, it's been a minute. A lot of things going on, man, uh, that we were involved in. And I know uh, you, you were at the Indianapolis 500 last weekend, so that was Sir. a rush, I'm sure. You know, always, always to take a part in that uh, the Great American Race, I think they call it. So, yep. so that was cool. So we, yeah, we've been busy with a few things uh, outside of uh, broadcasting. So we uh, we do what we got to do, and we uh, we come back. So tonight we're back. And we, like you said, man, we got some interesting topics to discuss, and hopefully our uh, listeners will find them interesting, our perspectives on the various subjects we're going to talk about tonight. So it's all good. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, let's kick this off with a uh, an anniversary. And today is June 6, uh, 2021. And if I remember correctly, 77 years ago today... The Allies landed in the town of uh, Normandy, near the yes. town of Normandy, yes. which was part of the world's biggest invasion that took place. And when the Western world decided to free the world of the Nazis and uh, the people that followed uh, Adolf Hitler. And uh, it's uh, yeah, 77 years ago today. Uh, there are not very many uh, surviving um, members of people that were around then. You know, history has recorded them, and there's not many of them left in in our presence these days. True. And we just want to pay homage to all those who sacrificed on that day and around that time, and to free the world of um, uh, tyrannical uh, individuals like Adolf Hitler and uh, Mussolini, okay, yeah. at the time. And, uh, yeah, today's D-Day. What, what are your yeah. thoughts on there, man? Yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, a lot of those folks involved in that, uh, members of what's called the greatest generation. So we owe a ton of gratitude to those folks who sacrificed and uh, did what they had to do, man. It was, uh, you know, it was a call to, uh, you know, a call to the world to uh, to rid to rid the world of, like you said, this tyrannical individual, two individuals rather, like you said, Hitler and Mussolini. So we just wanted to acknowledge uh, the fact that uh, today is the anniversary of that uh, massive invasion of Normandy, and uh, the result was that uh, the Allies uh, were victorious. And uh, so you said, man, a lot of folks are not around, a lot of World War II vets. Uh, there are not a lot of them left, especially those who were involved in that invasion on Omaha Beach and, and other landing areas uh, on that day 77 years ago. So we just want to pay honor and homage to those folks and thank them for their the service and their sacrifice. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yep. I had, a, I had to go back to that. I had an uncle, Uncle Bay Long or Henderson Jr. was at Pearl Harbor on um, the day that the Japanese attacked. And then I had uh, an uncle, name was uh, Mitchell, uh, 
uh, who was married to my uncle that was at Pearl Harbor, married to his sister, my aunt Nancy, and he was part of the uh, Black Panthers tank unit, the 761st. Oh, okay. So he, yeah, 761st, yeah. He fought with uh, Patton, and wow. he was a, he was a tank commander. Wow, what was his and name? Is Herman yeah. Mitchell. Herman Mitchell. Okay. Herman Mitchell. Okay. I'm I'm actually reading a book on uh, it's called Patton's Panthers. Mm-hmm. And I'm reading the book now, man. It's hey, I'm reading it now. I, I've got like four or five books that I'm reading all at one time. Uh, but one of the books that I'm currently reading is called Patton's Panthers, and it's about the 761st Tank Battalion. So yep, yep. I'll, I'll look for that name in some of the stories. And it's different tankers telling their stories. It's very it's it's a great book, man. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I it's uh, the actual book. I don't know if the actual book is still in print and hardcover or softcover. I got an, uh, an an electronic version, a downloaded version. So that's what I'm reading. But it's it's very insightful, man. The stories that these guys are telling as as black tankers uh, yep. who are too. It's very interesting. Yeah, yeah. And there was another group that's connected. That also was known as the Black Panthers. I can't remember their sign. It may have been like the 330 or the there was a 761st, and there may have been like a 768 or something like that. But they're they're connected to Patton, and they were both known as the Black Panthers. But the one, the the unit that people most identify with is the 761st. Yep. 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 Awesome. Awesome. So he, yeah, he was there. He's a Bronze Star winner. Wow. And he always came back to Fort Knox for unions and so wow. on. And, and he would drive from, from Colorado Springs. Wow. You know? Okay. Yeah, he's the one that lives in Colorado. He lives okay. in Colorado Springs. Okay. Or, you know, you're home right around the corner from you. Nice. You know, and he would nice. always drive through uh, Indianapolis and stop in and see us. And he always wanted to get White Castles because yeah. they didn't have White Castles out in Colorado. Nope. We don't have White Castle. <laughs> and so, I mean, he was he was probably 70-some years old, and he'd jump in his truck and come come to uh, Fort Knox. And, you know, along his way, he was stopping in Indianapolis. Wow. That's you awesome, know? man. You know? That is awesome. Sorry about that. Oh, it's all good. Okay. But anyway, uh, what else we got going on for us tonight? Well, uh, since we're talking anniversaries, uh, we had another one um, last week, I think, um, May the 31st. 31st, June 1st. May 31st, June the 1st, the uh, 100-year anniversary of the Tulsa Massacre and the destruction of Black Wall Street, uh, the Greenwood District in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Uh, Again, Something, man, and you can probably attest to this as you're a you're a historian. Uh, I never heard of Black Wall Street until I was out and about. You know, I, we definitely didn't learn about it and during our high school, school days. <laughs> <laughs> never heard, heard nothing about it. And it wasn't until I got out and about, you know, uh, my time in the Air Force and coming in contact with other, you know, people who, you know, were in the in the black history and that type of thing. And they drop nuggets of knowledge and you be like, what? And you you go check it out. When I, I didn't hear about Black Wall Street and Tulsa until like, man, I'm out in the world. I'm like, why didn't we hear about this when we were kids growing up? I, it's another one of those things, man, that. Why do you want to hide this from people? And so uh, a lot of documentaries uh, were on last week. Some of them are still on. You can go check them out. But 
I just thought it was appalling, man. The fact that um, it was jealousy, jealousy, the fact of the fact that these black people were holding their own, got their own businesses, their own infrastructure, whatnot. And these white people, white citizens in Tulsa are jealous of these folks. And they start a riot based upon something that wasn't true and massacred these people. And it's like, what the hell? You know, so um, I I was just like, man, I I had never heard this story until, you know, I had gotten out into the world and started hearing certain things about black history that we were never taught. And this is one of those things, man. So um, I I was just like, wow, this this is this is appalling that uh, people would do this to other people. So your thoughts, you know, same with you, the fact that. You know, E-Town High School, they didn't teach us about about that. They could have, but, you know, once again, when you open up a textbook, what do you find in the textbook? All right. You know, when you open up a textbook and people that adopt textbooks, you know, they adopt what they want to adopt. You know, because I've gone through several textbooks adoption while I taught for 30 years, there was at least six textbook adoptions that I went through because I do it like every five years. And now that I'm on the school board, we're still approving of adoptions of textbook, textbooks. The problem is the majority of the nation's textbooks are produced in Texas. Yep. And the people that produce the textbooks can put in there what they want to put in there, what what they want to leave out, and so on. So when it comes to dealing with the Tulsa massacre and in Greenwood, <clears throat> they just left that out. So we never learned about it. I didn't learn about it until I was in college. Right, when I was right. in my history classes, I learned about it. And only recently have they you know, decided to, you know, there's a century ago that 300, 3,000, you know, we don't know the number of people that were killed. I know that there could be mass graves that ran a yeah. lot of people out of town. You know, last week there were three survivors of Tulsa that went before Congress and told them what it was like to be young and to remember those those things the horror of it. The other thing that goes along with this, which is typical typical that goes along with, this was a wide-scale lynching of, of people. The, the typical thing is that no one from that incident went to jail. Nope. No, one, no one was accused or charged with a crime. Over 300 people dead. They, they, they literally ran people out of town. They killed them. They burned down the churches. They burned down all the property uh, that's in downtown. And as you said, it was over jealousy. They, what, what can we do to get back at these folks? And they just needed an excuse to start the flames. Right. Right. And you know, I, I thought of this, and I heard this. You know, when we think of 9-11 and those planes crashing into 
the World Trade Center and was used as uh, a weapon. In Tulsa, a hundred years ago, they used planes to terrorize black citizens because they dropped incendiary bombs on black Tulsa. Yep. Okay, so the World Trade, 9-11 wasn't unique. What was unique was them using airplanes that had only been flying for 17 years or 18 years to terrorize and kill people of Tulsa. And to this day, there are people that do not recognize or justify the wrong that was done. You know, so it's been a century. Uh, There are people talking about maybe some of those families need, you know, um, reparations and so on. And, you know, how many people are left? Yeah, there's only a a handful of survivors left. Yeah, and and we talked about reparations before. Yeah, right. And how you can't give it to them directly, but you can give it to the descendants of them. You can pay for college, you know, tuition, you know, and those type things instead of giving them, you know, since those people, you know, demand something that that, uh, they cherish, freedom and so on, then... What's wrong with that? In order right. to heal, you got to speak the truth. Right, right. Yeah, I think when Biden was there the other day and gave his speech there, I think there were three survivors present um, that he met with, and they, they were in attendance at his speech. And I think we've talked about this on the, on the broadcast before, man. It's like, had Black Wall Street survived the issue of generational wealth that doesn't happen to black folks a lot, man. Can you imagine the amount of generational wealth that could have been passed down from generation to generation to generation? Um, you know, if those businesses and and banks and everything that was in place at that time, if that had been able to be passed down from gener, man, I mean, those folks would be sitting pretty right now. But instead, um, buildings burned down. You know, just I mean, just it's just ridiculous, man. That that you're this. Jealous of people, um, you know, doing their own thing, and uh, you have to, uh, you know, start a riot based upon a lie uh, that a, that a black man terrorized a white woman, and so you you've got to start a riot uh, to, you know, of you know what's what's the term? Uh, we got to protect uh, white women from these vicious animals, you know, black men. So here we are. Let, let's go burn these niggers out. Basically, that's what happened. And it, mm. it's it's unfortunate, man. It's unfortunate that that happened because they destroyed um, that generational wealth that um, so often eludes black people in this country. And, you know, we can make a we can make a, a, a data on that because there was a couple of black businesses that were on the northern side of Greenwood that survived. Yep. And as a result, their stores and their shops are still around today. And they're still managed by their families today. Awesome. So that gives you some idea that generational wealth does work because yes. this this 
these people lived kind of on the outskirts of Greenwood. And so they weren't downtown where most of the businesses were. So their shops were spared. And as a result of that, they were able to keep their business and pass it on to their families. Now, the great, great grandson owns the original building that the shop started in. But they uh-huh. only survived through the grace of God and the fact that their shop was on the outskirts of town, outskirts of the downtown. Yeah. So generational wealth, there's a good example right there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, just a just a horrifying thing, man, is that, uh, you know, this town and this area was just decimated. You know, uh, and again, it's one of those stories, man, that uh, like you say, you didn't hear about it. You got in college. Same for me, man. You know, a little just again, being out in the world, talking to people. It's like, what are you talking about? Black Wall Street It's like, oh, let me tell you. And I'm like, wow, you know, amazing. So this this goes back, man. I think you if you've been following um, the discussions about critical race theory, Folks don't want to discuss it. They don't want it taught in school. Well, this type of stuff, that's what comes out of out of this, man. You you need to you need to tell the truth. And we've said this a thousand times on the podcast. America needs to get real about <laughs> its history. Tell the whole truth, the complete truth about what has gone on in this country. And 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 let it be what it's gonna be, man. But to to not want the truth to come out about certain things because it paints certain people in a bad light, mm-hmm. uh, that's that's too bad. But the truth needs to be told, and people right. need to know the truth. You know, so. Yep, yep, yep. Absolutely. So, um, so moving on uh, from 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 that, um, since we you know we talked about the massacre, let's go from a massacre to a riot, an insurrection. And, you know, January the 6th, we, we watched it on television, you know, these crazed individuals storming the Capitol, you know, just ransacking the capitals, ransacking people's offices, et cetera, et cetera. And so the Democrats want to establish a 9-11 style commission to review that. And they passed it in the House. But we should have known that the Republicans in the Senate said no. And and I, I'm everybody's like, really? I mean, I, and they're trying to play it off like it wasn't as bad as it was. And these people were tourists and carried on. I'm like, what, what are your thoughts, man, on this? Because I'm just like, I'm disgusted with these people, man. I, I We are wasting our time with these Republican idiots, man. Wasting our time. Well, the, the bottom line is that our friend Yertle the turtle <laughs> wants to be become speaker. I mean, uh, the uh, Senate uh, majority leader, and he's not going to do anything that's going to jeopardize that. The other senators, they want to in 2022 regain the Senate. And so they're all playing to the Cheeto Jesus that lives down in Mar a Lago, <laughs> Palm Springs, and they are afraid of him. Um, 
some of those leaders, some of the people that voted against them, mostly Republicans. And I don't know if Joe Manchin, who thinks he's, you know, the soul of the country, I guess, um, they, they don't want to go through the process simply because they're afraid to find out the truth. Yep. They're afraid to find out the truth. And, you know, our our man, Mitch, and I, I get tired of telling the people of Kentucky, but I'm going to say it again. When you vote for an asshole, you get an asshole. Yep. Okay. Mitch McConnell is a punk. He's a punk. And he's only looking out for himself. And he'll say that. Donald Trump. Well, I'm I'm not going to vote for a commission. They're being tried in the in the courts. Somebody will go 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 to jail. He's an ass. He's, he's yep. an ass. You know, so he says he's talking out of both sides of his neck. Yeah. Okay. Oh, Trump. He he he's responsible for. But no, we don't want to go through with this now. For four years, five years, they haunted Hillary Clinton for Benghazi. She was just the Secretary of State. Absolutely. They had four years of inquiries, and what did they find out? They didn't find out a damn thing that she did not that she did not do anything wrong. Nope. But they sure did do that. And the thing with Democrats that that you know. Like I've said this before, I've voted for Republicans and I've voted for Democrats. The biggest thing that I vote for is fairness. Right. And Democrats have always been too soft. They're soft. That's why the Republicans always say we're going to own the libs. We're going to own the libs. Okay. We're going to own the libs. And Democrats play fair. They got to stop playing fair. That's right. Okay. They got to stop playing fair. Mitch McConnell has never played fair. You know? Nope. When he he says that we're not going to have any Obama justices on the courts, he goes, well, we should wait until the next election. And then the next election comes around. They win. He goes, well, what happened to wait until the next election, next president get to choose? Well, we're not going to do that. We're going to put right. on as many people as we can. He's a punk. He's a liar. Why do we believe them? Right, right. You know? Yeah. I, I wish the Democrats would, would grow a pair, man, and just like, you know what? You, sometimes you got to fight fire with fire, and you got to get down in the mud mud pit and get dirty, man. And, and the Democrats, whatever reason— they think that, well, you know, let's let's try to reconcile and kumbaya. <laughs> no, you got to get down and dirty with these guys because they do not play fair. They have never played fair. They're not going to change. They're not going to change. And if Biden has any, if he has any inkling that he thinks he's going to get something major done, he can forget it, man, because these guys are going to stonewall him at every point. Yep. Why? Because they're basically telling you, man, you ain't going to do a damn thing. We're we, we going to see to it that you're going to do a damn thing. And and they, they gang together 
And they're hypocrites. We all know they're hypocrites because you've pointed out examples of like these people are liars and they're hypocrites, but they keep getting away with it and nobody calls them on it. And the Republicans just think, I mean, the Democrats just think like, well, they'll come around, man, you're, you're, you're on crack or something because well, uh, it, it ain't happening. It you know, happen. the thing, the thing, Wayne, that has to change, and, and, and this is just looking at it from an overall perspective from, from, from me. We have to forget about national elections. We got to take over states. Yep. Not we. Democrats have to take over states. And they have to put candidates together that challenges and, and do that. I mean, it's just like this damn recount that's going on in Arizona. They're going to try to do other places. It's the people that control the state legislature and, and the districts that has the power now. They know that. They yep. know that they're never going to win a national election again, probably. But they're sure damn they're damn sure going to take control of the local elections and take over there. Yep. You know, there there are. I just talked to a guy that came to our little Corvette club today who's from Mississippi. And he was talking. He just wanted to check out the, you know, the club because, you know, I've been in communication with him for a couple of weeks now. And he he said, you know, I'm from Winona, Mississippi. I went, Winona, Mississippi. Why, why do I know that name? He goes, if you go, you know, Bob told me the direction. I said, isn't that the city where Curtis... Flowers were found guilty for murdering the people in a furniture store. He goes, yes. And he says, you know what? The problem is he was tried six times in the seventh time. He said, the problem is, is that the people down there never change. Mm -hmm. The people that are running the place are still running the place. The people that are hamstring, they're still hamstring and they're afraid to get unhamstring. So the Mississippi there's an example. Mississippi, which is majority black, is controlled by a majority white legislature. Yep. So until Jamie Harrison, who's in charge of the Democratic National Convention, started finding people to run that are viable in the state of Mississippi, it's always going to it's always going to be the same. No, it's always going to be right. the same. Until yeah. that happens, until they control the local legislatures, then nothing's ever going to change. We can become president all we want. The Democrats, I'm just going we again. The Democrats can become presidents all they want, but there's nothing they're ever going to get accomplished when you got an asshole like Mitch McConnell in the Senate. Right, right, right. No, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And uh, it's it's sad, man, that uh, <clears throat> we find ourselves in the position that we're in now, man, with uh, like you mentioned, this this sham audit going on in Arizona, man. I'm, I, I, I was like, this is crazy, man. This is insane. And it's going to drift into other states are going to start doing this because of the Republican leadership in those states. So all all to prop up uh, like you call them the Cheeto Jesus and uh, and the, and the lie that. And the latest lies that he's going to be reinstated in August. <laughs> it's like, really? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, come on, man. But there are people who are believing this foolishness. And it's all because of what's going on right now with folks still flying this flag that the election was stolen. 
and I, I, I we we deserve what we get, man, because we just I don't get it. I don't get it. If this country is so blinded by what's going on right now, lies and conspiracy theories, people are sucking this stuff up, man. I, I can't believe it. Can't yeah. believe. It. Okay. Cannot believe it. Yep. 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 So, um, talking about leadership and uh, Republican-led legislatures, uh, let's segue to Texas. Texas! <laughs> Texas, Texas, and the it's fact that big in Texas. they are trying to pass a law, I don't know if it's passed yet, but it's in the works, that um, you don't need a license to carry a gun in Texas. It's uh, You can walk around with your gun and not, no worries, no license needed. Uh, I think that is a recipe for disaster. Uh, I, I'm like, what the hell are these people thinking about? Uh, I'll I'll kick it over to you, man. I'll let you start it. <laughs> it's the problem is that Texas and Florida and all those red states, and I've said this a hundred times, they aren't happy unless they hate something or somebody. Their excuse now is that we're just going to do what is not popular to the majority. The majority wants gun control of some sort. And Greg Abbott and, excuse me, Ron DeSantis in Florida if they want if they want gun control, we're going to do just the opposite. We're not going to have any gun control. None. You don't have to work because it's the big government that's controlling it. Even if you have to carry a concealed carry permit, that's control of the government. And we don't want to be uh, controlled by the government. So what they do, we're just going to pass a law says, you don't have to carry any gun. I mean, you don't have to carry any paperwork. <clears throat> All you have to do is just be you. That's it. Gun, no gun, doesn't matter. AR-15, AK-47, handgun, bazooka, you know, uh, a, a Browning uh, M1 Grand, 50 caliber machine gun, Hell, drive down the street in a tank and blow something up. It doesn't matter. It's, it's, it's firearms, so you can be able to do it. They're ignorant. They're just dumbasses. Yeah. And 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 you you know it's going to cause problems. Big because, time. Because because people are going to be. I mean, the murder rate in America is the largest. It's the most aggressive than it's ever been right now. Mm-hmm. And so now you're going to have people just openly carrying weapons. But I, I will say this. Count on this. And and this this may be odd, it may be wrong, but I'm gonna say it. If a whole bunch of black folks start carrying guns openly, then the white folks down in Texas or Florida, they're gonna rebel against that shit. Oh, absolutely. I mean You can't think, count on it. <laughs> think about the Black Panthers in in the nineteen sixties. Yeah. Yep. You know? Uh, no one should be able to touch the Second Amendment. Black folks start carrying around guns. What do they do in California under 
Skippy, Ronald Reagan, yeah. you can't carry guns. Yeah. So I encourage people, if you want gun control, all you have to do is start carrying more guns. That's it. That's sad to say. But that's but, the fact. But if a whole bunch of black people start carrying guns or brown people start carrying guns openly, then they'll they'll change the law. We, just, oh, yeah. we, we have to, we have to think in the in the ways that they don't want us to think. Right. Right. Remember on Star Trek when they had those two parallel universes? Yep. One was evil and one was good, and your know, Spock yep. was in both of them. Yep. You know. What we have to do is think that we're in that parallel war world, you know, and start doing what they want us to do, and then yeah. it'll go back the other way. Yeah. No, they. they I mean, they just think have... when we started voting in yep. big numbers, what did they do? Just the opposite. Try to take all that shit away from us. That's right. Yep. They didn't act some gun control real quick. If black folk and and like you say, black and brown folks started. Even even applying for licenses to get guns. Oh, they didn't act some gun control then. Oh, yeah. They would enact some gun control real quick. I mean, what do you think on this thing, man? I mean, oh, like I said, I think it's a recipe for this. I mean, everybody's walking around carrying guns, and it's like, okay, you have an argument with somebody, you you shoot them. I mean, it's what is this? It's the wild wild west. <laughs> I mean, literally, that's what it is. If you've given people carte blanche to carry guns, you don't need a license. There's a disagreement at the grocery store, a disagreement at a at a sporting event or something. And the fact that I, well, I don't I don't like your opinion, I'll shoot you. So what do you I mean, what are you going to say? You you've you've decreed that the, the law says I, I can carry this gun. I don't need license. Probably. You've killed somebody. But the fact is, the situation could have been avoided if you had maintained the requirement to carry that weapon. Either concealed carry, whatnot, open carry, whatever. But just to say you don't need a license and everybody's walking around packing, it's ridiculous, man. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And I, I it's gonna it's going to be a mess. What do you think personally? I'm keeping my ass out of Texas. <laughs> what do you think's gonna happen when that business owner puts a sign up on his on his window that says no guns can be carried in my store? It's 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 the the same thing you got going on right now with with people putting up signs that saying you got to have a mask to come in. Yep. Somebody's going to rebel. Yep. And 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 it just opens up another can of worms. And if they I have mean, a gun we, on them, yeah. I mean, we, it's ridiculous, man. What is going on in this country? It is ridiculous that people feel. And I always said this, man. Just because you have the right, don't mean it's right. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Just because you have the right doesn't mean it's right. And we've taken this right thing, man, to way to the extreme. Everything's against your rights. Everything's against my rights. You know, I, it's ridiculous. So you may have that. You may have people posting signs on their businesses that no weapons allowed in my you know, premises. And now a whole nother shit storm is going to kick off. <laughs> you know, so it's crazy, man. Abbott is—he—he—he's another one of these guys, man. Playing to these base of fanatics that uh, he feels he has to kowtow to, and you've opened up a, a, a serious, serious situation in Texas. So I, I'll be interested to see how this comes out, man. Because the first time someone gets into a, a disagreement with someone and someone is gunned down over something trivial. And the fact that this person, you know, I don't need a license for this gun. I'm carrying it. And guess what? I can use it. 
it, it's going to open up a whole nother issue about rights in this country. Yeah, you know? there, I, there, there yeah. will not be any illegal weapons. They're right. There won't be any illegal weapons. <laughs> <laughs> well, you shot somebody. Was it was the gun legal? Well, there's no law that says I have to have no a legal that, weapon right. now. Right. No law Just says think about, I have, to have a license. Amer- yeah. America, think about that. If you do something and that the law, there's no law, then you can't get in trouble for that. Nope. It's not an illegal weapon. Nope. So somebody just gave me, the, hey, I was walking down the street and some guy just pitched me a 45, uh, a Colt 45, and I used it to shoot somebody. The person that pitched in the weapon, they can't get in trouble anymore because the weapon. Nope. I mean, there's. It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy, man. I, I do not know where we are headed. I truly don't. It is scary times, man. Scary times. And uh, I, I, I said, man, I will keep my ass out of Texas. I, it's 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 tough enough for a black man any any in a lot of other places in America, but it's like I damn sure ain't going nowhere near Texas, man. Because somebody give you the slant eye or something, and uh, you know they decide, oh, I'll, I'll get rid of you and pull out their gun and kill you, man. And I mean, really, it's you didn't violate the law. You killed this person, but yeah, I mean, you, it's you have crazy. to be. A- you have to be aware of your surroundings all the time. All man. the time. You know, not to get off the topic, but last night I was, I was telling you earlier before we came on online is that I had dropped off Alex's trailer over at a place on the uh, down in the it's kind of down in the hood. And Ooh, so okay. it was getting dark. And we were he and uh, a friend of mine who's in the Corvette club, we were just sitting there just talking after, you know, locking the place up and stuff like that. But every car that came by, I kid you not, Wayne, every car came by, I'm looking at that car like at any minute somebody may just start shooting at our ass. Right, right. Every car that came by, I was looking at that car to see if somebody was going to shoot us. Wow. And I I kid you not. Wow. That's just how things are now. I mean, it was dark and I'm in a place that I'm not normally at, right. you know, and, and and Indianapolis has become the drive-by shooting capital of the world this summer, man. Wow. And so I'm thinking, man, car goes by and I and I did think this. I said, hell, I should have brought my own frigging gun. <laughs> I kid you not. That's, wow. that's sad to say, but there are times that and I've got a concealed carry license. There are times that when I leave this house, sometimes I go some places, I'm like, nobody's going to know that I got this, but I got it. Yeah. You know? But at least they have laws here in the right, state of Indiana. Right, we're in, we're in desperate times, man. Desperate times, man, with all these silly, silly-ass laws being passed and it's just crazy. I I am. Man, I don't know where we're headed, man. I, I truly don't. Truly don't. Yep. I truly do not. So, again, Texas, man, you can always count on something good coming out of Texas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, let's transition to our next story. And this one here, um, there's been a lot of discussion this week uh, once this story broke. And, uh, you know, I'm sure we'll have, uh, you know, some good discussion on this. So Naomi Osaka, uh, she is the number one women's tennis player in the world. 
And she withdrew from the French Open last week, uh, basically to take care of her mental health. She has anxiety uh, doing the press conferences after the matches. And so the um, French Open fined her because she missed a press conference. And rather than continue to be fined and deal with what she felt was unfair fairness toward her because, of you know, she made it plain of what she was dealing with. She just withdrew from the tournament. And so a lot of people had different views about it, whatnot. Um, I, my view is um, some of this comes with the territory as you're the number one women's tennis player in the world. Um, you are the next big thing in women's tennis. And most superstar athletes of that caliber, they normally have a team of people around them that work with them. And it is known, she has made it known that she has anxiety in dealing with the press conferences, speaking and that type of thing. Um, my suggestion is whoever's in your team, Maybe you need to get someone who can help you work through that anxiety um, to meet the press after the match, help you work through that um, to be able to go out there and represent yourself after the match versus, you know, just going away from the game. Because I think the game needs you and vice versa. The game needs you and you need the game. So um, most superstar athletes have that. They have somebody or a team of people around them that help them navigate, um, you know, situations where they may not be be comfortable and to help that athlete get through that uh, situation. So they do represent themselves properly. So that's my take on it. Um, I think um, the Grand Slams, the French Open, the Australian Wimbledon, and uh, what's left? Wimbledon, French, Australian, and British Open. Uh, Open. Is British Open? Is British Open? Wimbledon? No, Wimbledon's British. U.S. It's French, Open. Australian. Uh, the uh, oh, U.S. Open. U.S. Open. Yeah. They're gonna they're gonna miss her not playing because of the the notoriety and the amount of fans that come out to cheer for her. That equates to money. Yeah. So uh, her not being at and and the I think the Australian Open is next. There's up in the air as whether or not she's going to play in the Australian Open. So tennis needs her, and I think she needs tennis because you can see that she is the she is the next thing in women's tennis. She's a damn good player. So I'd like to see her get this under control, whatever she's dealing with. But I think a team of people could help her navigate the anxiety she has when having to do the press conferences. So that's my take on it. Uh, your thoughts. I agree with you. The fact that um, tennis needs her and she needs tennis. The one thing that I see that she hasn't gotten used to is the fact that her rise to the top came so quickly yep. that she didn't have a team to put together. And, you know, for the most part, until you get to the, you know, the big leagues, you're kind of on your own. You know, you may have a parent or, or a coach that will um, help you get to these major tournaments or whatever. Then once you get there and you win like she's been winning, she should have changed teams, you know, yep. and I can understand her being uh, anxious about that. And 
I can understand her views then like this is, you know, you, and a lot of times they ask the same stupid questions. Right, right. And so, you know, do I have to answer these stupid ass questions, you know, again and again and again and again? And so it, it can cause some anxiety, you know. Uh, I was kind of that way as a young person myself, man. I'm, I remember going to some elementary school and having to get up and, and say something. Man, before I got up there, I was sweating so. And I'm still that way. You know, if I get anxious about stuff, or I get nervous. Man, my sweat glands go into overdrive. Wow. And I just I just start leaking, you know. Um, that's just that's just how I, it's not. I know that's coming. Yeah. So I deal with it because I know that I'm going to start sweating. I just know wow. it. So I always, okay, I bring an extra towel with me or something like that and wipe my head off. And, you know, that's just, that's how it is. But I still get kind of anxious in doing stuff like that. Yeah. She, she just doesn't, and she's young. Yeah. And she hasn't had the experience of getting used to that as a, as a, you know, uh, someone else as Andre Agassi, Serena Williams, or Billie Jean King, or Chris Everett, and all those, Martina Navratilova, and all those people has gone through this. But when you stick yourself out there on the court, that's expected of you. Right, right. You know, that's all part of the game. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think Billie Jean King, that's what Billie Jean King alluded to, that, you know, it's it's part of the business because you're you're who people are coming to see. And whether you have a good game or a bad game, the, the press wants to know your thoughts. And, uh, you know, I, I we were talking the other day and I think, well, maybe her approach could be, you know, hey, I show up for the press conference, but I preface it with, hey, guys, I'm here. I'm only going to take a couple of questions and then, you know, I got to go. Maybe that's the approach she could take and then work her way up to taking more questions, more questions. More. But, you know, she's going to have to deal with that. And, yeah. and I think a coach or somebody within her realm and maybe we're, we're like, what is her team? But someone within her team that is a communication person or whatnot that can coach her and help her get through these press conferences because, you know, she is going to be around for a long, long time. And right now she is it in women's tennis. And uh, so, you know, I think she loves the game. You can tell that she loves the game, the way she goes about her business when she's on the court. And, you know, every sport needs that superstar. Right now, uh, tennis is missing her, and the number two seed in the French Open, she also withdrew, uh, reasons unrelated to what uh, Naomi was dealing with. But she fell after a press conference and injured her ankle or some of that effect. So the number one, two seeds are not <laughs> See, in the French Open. I told Open. you that's why we shouldn't have press conference. Look right. what happened to her. <laughs> so the number one and two seeds are not in the French Open. Hmm. Uh, the NBA right now, they LeBron is not in the playoffs. Yeah. And so even though I think you've got some great games coming up, you know, in the in the second round of the playoffs, LeBron is that high profile superstar that draws viewership. And so when when that caliber of athlete is not in that certain sport, yeah, that's they're losing money. They're losing money. And so tennis needs Naomi on the court. 
I think Naomi needs tennis because I truly think she loves the game. And so let's hope that she's able to deal with this and get back out on the court and let us see some uh, some more of that uh, tremendous game that she brings every time she uh, she graces us with her presence on the court. So uh, that's all we can do, man. Hope she yeah. can she can get over this and get back out there. Yeah, she needs a therapist, you know, yeah. psychologist or whoever, in yeah. a, a professional to help her yeah. help her out. Yeah. She makes enough money to do that. Oh, absolutely. You know, absolutely. when you're making millions of dollars, hell, you can. Yeah. yeah, she is the. I think she's the highest paid women's athlete, period. Mm. She's the highest paid women's athlete, period. So, uh, and like you say, her rise was quick. Her rise was quick. And that's that's probably had something to do with it because, you know, you you come out, you beat Serena at the U.S. Open three years ago. And people started like, oh, who is this young lady? And mm-hmm. uh, she's just been on the rise ever since. So, yep. you know, to whom much is given, much is required. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, she's going to have to find a way to deal with this. Let's hope she does, because uh, right now she needs the game. And definitely tennis needs her back out there uh, playing, playing great tennis. So, yep. absolutely. All right. All right. So we're a bit past the hour at the top of the hour. So let's a couple of things we want to throw out before we wrap up tonight. It is uh, June and that means it is Black Music Month. Papa's got a rolling stone. Yeah. And it's also Pride Month. Yes, sir. It's Pride Month. And so uh, we want to know how they got those two together. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Usually, I, I don't, each one has its own separate month, but they put them together. Right? Yeah. You know, I, yeah. June. Maybe. Usually, yeah. You usually you didn't hear you know Pride Month. You you knew about there were Pride parades and and that type of thing, but I don't know if it had a designated month. I've got a theory. Okay. Let's get the worst out of the way at the same time. All right. Black music, Pride. They put them together for one reason. I got a theory. Okay, they let's put them hear. To, they put them, put the two together, get them over with at the exact same time so that instead of Black Music Month being in June and Pride Month being in July, that's two months where we have to hear about folks that we want to hear, don't want to hear about. Let's put them all at the same time, get it over with at once. You may have something. There. What do you think? You may you may be on to something. That way we don't have to worry about Pride Month in July. We can celebrate the fourth and not you know see right. stars. We put them together. Let's put the put them together, and we have one celebration. And it's going to confuse everybody because yeah, Black Music Black uh, Music Month going on. Then you got Gay Pride going on, and and then we just ignore it. And then you, we can. You may be right, my friend. I, that's the conspiracy. You're, you're, Call it a Steve Johnson cons- <laughs> conspiracy. But that 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 has uh, that 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 has some merit, man. Because <laughs> in July, what's the focus of July? It's the Fourth of July, yep. Independence Day. That's 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 what July is all about. Is Fourth of July. So you don't want any competition with that. And so you, I I could believe in your theory. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I but yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna your theory. 
We're going to talk about, you know, uh, music. We're going to talk about things going on in the Pride community and so on. And uh, we got the month to deal with it, man. What do you think? What's the, today's the six. Today's so, the you know, six. We got another three weeks. Another three weeks, man, that, that America has to hear about people that they may not necessarily want to. <laughs> yeah. People that are different than. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No, it's all good. I uh so let's 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 throw out something. I want to throw out something if you don't mind. We go, go ahead. going back to what we talked about um our second topic was the Tulsa race uh massacre back in 1921 in the Greenwood area of Tulsa. Well, one of the most famous R&B groups in music history came out of Tulsa. And their name was defined by the area of Tulsa, Tulsa, uh, three streets in Tulsa, Greenwood, Archer, and Pine, um, gave us the Gap Band. So uh, that's why I said outstanding. Outstanding. <laughs> Charlie Wilson and the Wilson brothers, Tulsa residents, uh, grew up uh, in the Greenwood, Archer, Pine, that area of Tulsa. So we get the Gap Band from that. Yes, sir. And. Uh, as far as pride goes, um, I think, man, uh, he, he's trying to do it. I think he's out there working hard for the for the for the people of this country. Uh, that's your former uh, Mayor Pete Mayor there, Pete. man. And uh, where was Mayor Pete from? South Bend. Uh, Fort, well, where was uh, South Bend. Where's Mayor Pete from? South Bend. South Bend, yeah. yeah. He, he's he's trying, man, to get the infrastructure thing going, man. He's trying hard and. Uh, I think they have a deadline. Is it this week? Uh, where where a deadline for the for the Republicans to decide are you going to support the infrastructure deal or not? But they, uh, what was that? They're not. They're not uh, we know they're not. I think the Demo- the Democrats are going to have to go it along. But yeah. Pete Buttigieg, uh, you know, he's he has made no bones about it. He is openly gay. Uh, I like him, man. I, I like his style. Uh, but I, I think he has some big ideas for infrastructure for this country. So I wish him well in his endeavors uh, to do that, uh, to bring about what we need in this country to get these roads and bridges and, and, and Internet broadband and um, solar and all this stuff that can provide good jobs for people. I wish him well and as the, uh, the uh, secretary of the um, transportation to get that done man so yeah. so your thoughts uh anything for you for black music month and pride anything you'd like to highlight oh there's so many gosh so <laughs> many so many i i like the idea of bands okay you know, i i think that for black music month there's a whole we can go in any in every direction but i just like and I've said this a hundred times, I just like the 70s stuff, you know? <laughs> Back when people would sing and you had people that played instruments. Yeah. You know, yeah. an instrument didn't come off of a box that's the size of our laptop. Right. You know, where you where you manipulate buttons and create beats. You know? Um, I just like that era. I just like the era of real music from that time period and, yeah. and there are a few people that are out there today that are um that are um playing their own music you know and so on 
but I just like that era. I, when I think of black music, I always think R&B. I always think, you know, 60s, 70s, you know, some 80s. But that's what I think of. That's what I listen to every day. Yeah, you know, yeah, on, our, on our trip down to Clarksville, Tennessee, and on the way up to uh, Toledo, Ohio, I was listening to Sirius XM Channel 7. Yeah. 770s at 7, on 7, man. I yep. listened to it the whole way. <laughs> you know, I got everything from James Brown to Led Zeppelin to, uh, you know, y- you name it. I, it was all there. Peter Frampton. Listen to yep. all this. Some people yep. call it yacht, uh, yacht yeah, rock yacht music. Rock. Yep. <laughs> all that was part of that, man. And I yeah. just, I, and, I, I got back to town last night, and for some reason, I said, hey, Siri. Siri says, what can I help you with? And I said, uh, play, um, oh, gosh, I can't think of the name of the song now, uh, Crystal Blue's Persuasion. Oh, Tommy James. Tommy man. James and the Sean Yeah. I, I said, play Crystal, I said, play uh, uh, Crystal Blue's persuasion and siri said well i don't have that in your library i said the hell you don't (laughs) (laughs) i said i know i've got it in my library i want to hear crystal blue persuasion and i looked it up and i had it and siri just couldn't find it wow and so that was i mean just out of the blue i wanted to hear that so that gives you some idea of 70s music that is so universal man i that's what I like to hear about uh, when, when you think of June, Black Music Month. I think of, you know, Marvin Gaye, Tammy Twell, What's Going On, yeah. album What's Going On, man, all that was happening then. Yeah. That's me right there. Yeah. 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 But there's legends from way back, but I just like the 70s. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm with you, man. That's that's. Like you, that's pretty much all I listen to, man. <laughs> and I, I, I listen to seven on seventies, the seventies on seven. I listen to that yeah. sometimes. But I normally I have my on Sirius XM, I listen to the groove. Yeah, me too. But I listen to yeah. the groove and you get all the, the yep. classic stuff from the seventies and the eighties, man. And and my wife and I'll be driving and she's like, Man, we had some good music. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sir. I listen to the groove as well, but but my trip down to Te- Clarksville I just wanted to listen to 70s on 7, and I just listened to it for 10 hours. Yeah. No, it's good stuff, man. You know? And, that, and you know, we grew up with that. You know, oh, we yeah. Had, like we talked before. We had W-I-E-L. That, that, was, that was W-I-E-L. That was, back yes, in, sir. We got everything. So, so. <laughs> I love that time period, man. I love Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think that the – and I'm always sending you something. Did you hear this song? What about this? You know, and I'm saying, how about listening to this? Yeah, you know, because we yep. always, we always, we think in the same terms when it comes to music. And there was something I was listening to yesterday as I was cutting my grass. I said I should send Wayne this new and see if he's heard this one. Oh, it's uh, it's a new song by uh, the uh, the Daz Band. Have you heard it? The new song by the Daz. There's a new. Daz, uh, oh gosh, let me, I'll have to find it for you real the quick. The Daz Band or a new version of Daz? No, the Daz Band. The Daz Band. The Daz Band. Uh, it's, 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 it's hitting pretty hard, brother. Really? I've had it for probably, 
a year or so. Yeah, cause I I downloaded uh, uh I downloaded uh they said there was a new Daz band that came out a while back. Mm-hmm. I thought I downloaded a track. It was and, only one. They only came out with one. Yeah, let's one see one song, and it is oh gosh, I can't yeah. think. Of, drop it. Drop it. Let's see. I'm looking through my library. Daz band. Okay. Here it is. Yep, drop it. Yep, I got it. Yeah, yeah. drop it, <laughs> man. Yeah, yeah. Which, yeah, that the Daz band, man. They, they, they were a band. <laughs> yes, they were a band, man. Uh, and yeah, I, I, I got that, man. I, I get the little notices uh, that pop up. And say, hey, there's maybe you might like this because of what I've downloaded in the past. And I say, hey, you might like this. Mm-hmm. And so I'll like, yeah, let me check it out. So yeah, I I got drop it. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, that's banging. Yeah. It's hitting it's hitting pretty hard, man. It's banging. So <laughs> yeah. So uh anything on Pride Month? Anybody that uh comes to mind for Pride Month that you uh that that is significant in your view? Like I said, we got a whole month, so still there? Can you hear me? I can hear you. Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, I got you. Okay. Okay. Um, I can't think of... uh, I just saw an interview with him the other day. Someone was bashing him him about... uh, he. I can't think of it. I'll, I'll come up with it. But okay. yeah, we'll we'll yeah. talk about it a little bit yeah, later. Yeah, we have a month. Like you say, we got a month. And it's uh, so a lot Kill of good two sh- birds at one stone, brother. That's right. <laughs> I, think, I think your theory is dead on, man. <laughs> it's unfortunate that's how this country is. But you got to yeah. call it like you see it, man. That's right. Call it like you see it. All right. All right, man. So I think that wraps us up for tonight. Oh, one more thing before we go, man. I just saw that uh, Clarence Williams III died, man. Link? Yeah, Link from the Mod Squad. He died. Uh, He died uh, Friday uh, from colon cancer. Uh, and uh, yeah, Link. Uh, if you remember, we watched the Mod Squad, faithful watchers of the Mod Squad. Absolutely. Yep. And uh, you know, he, Peggy Lipton, and uh, I can't remember his other, the other gentleman. That's the key. You remember Link? You remember Peggy Peggy Lipton? But you can't remember the third guy. Yeah. What was his name? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I thought it was Cole. His last name was Cole. <laughs> I don't remember because I remember Peggy Lincoln and I remember Link. Those are the, only, the, the the guy in the middle, the third leg. Hell, I yeah. Who who was the who was the other guy? <laughs> that was that was it, man. Yeah, Link. Yeah, the Squad groundbreaking show at the time. Yeah, we tuned in and caught that all the time, man. So yeah, so we had Peggy Lipton, Michael Cole. Michael Cole and Clarence William III. So Peggy Lipton played Julia Barnes, Julie Barnes. Michael Cole played Pete Cochran. That's him, Pete. Pete Cochran, <laughs> and then Clarence William III was Link Hayes. Link Hayes. <laughs> but yeah, another another great man gone, and uh, so rest in power, Clarence William III, man. Yeah. Now, did let me let me ask you a question. Did he was he in that last movie by Spike Lee? About going back to Vietnam, was he in there? The Five Bloods. The Five Bloods. 
No, no, he no, wasn't, he wasn't in the five okay, bloods. I, I no. don't. I haven't seen that for a while, but uh, yeah, he wasn't in the five bloods. Okay. Um, he was in Purple Rain. He was in Purple Rain. Yep. Purple Rain, and then the one of the movies he was in, man, it was hilarious, man. He, uh, it was uh, he played this uh, he played this spiritual guy. He and his his family, and he had two kids. He was married to this white lady, and the two kids they were like he was training them to be militant revolutionaries. And I want to say it was I'm gonna get you, sucker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That was with, hilarious. Antonio Fargus with the fish in his shoes. Yeah, Antonio Fargus <laughs> fish in his shoes. Yeah, but, uh, Clarence Williams the third was this 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 African militant guy. You know, he was you know fight the power type guy. And um, uh, Keenan Ivory's winning Winans character Wayne, went yep. to him <laughs> to yep. get advice on how to start this, how to get rid of these guys in the neighborhood, and it was hilarious, man. His yeah. the family he was teaching his two little kids to be revolutionary. <laughs> <laughs> hilarious. We, we just but, talked about that the other day when the kids came back for the Indy 500. We were talking about, uh, I'm going to get you sucker. Yeah, man, that is a funny movie. That <laughs> is a funny movie. <laughs> oh, gosh. All right. All right, man. Do it for this week, my friend. Yes, sir. And uh, it's been interesting. It's been live. It's been real. And as we say, we say it like we see it. We'll continue to do so. And uh, looking forward to uh, getting back in the groove. And uh, unless you have any other parting words. Oh, I tell you what, next week. uh, Yeah, no parting words. My parting words are it's been we've been off by uh, a couple of weeks and there may be another week or so before we get back together because I have to go out of town uh, next week. So maybe the week after. Understood, man. They have to get back together. Understood. The airwaves will be here. Yes, sir. Long as <laughs> right. long as uh, there's a Wi-Fi, I have a signal and a laptop and uh, Skype. We're good to go, my friend. Good to go. Good to go. All right. So until the next time, this is Wayne from Across the Tracks and the words of the great King T'Challa, Wakanda forever. And this is Steve from Across the Tracks, literally Across the Tracks. <laughs> and as I say in my broken Italian, Chiliamo dopo, ciao bella, ciao tutti. <laughs> I like it. As in three strikes, we're out. We're out. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are of those of the individuals and do not reflect on the official policies or positions of any government or corporation.